Welcome to the music. Welcome, Welcome to, to the pre-show. pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> I what do we? What's the name of our show? So today, our guest is Jennifer Jennifer Buchanan, author of a interesting new book called Wellness Well Played: The Power of a Playlist. So we'll talk about mixtapes and playlists and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Interesting news over the past couple of weeks on our last episode. We talked about Neil Young, which we do on many of our podcasts. Which you do on many of our podcasts. Yes. Go ahead. But last week we spoke about him taking a stand against Spotify. Yeah. And... I think the day after we recorded that episode, Spotify removed him mm-hmm. from uh, from their platform. And a number of other artists uh, joined him as well. I don't know if you want to mention who Joni some Mitchell. of those artists were. It was Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Who else? Uh, there was uh, Niels, one of Neil's guitarists, as well as uh, he's a guitarist with uh, Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen and the E Street Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Nils or Niles Lofgren? Niles, Niles Lofgren, yeah. Uh, he joined. And uh, I know there's a few indie bands, I believe, mm-hmm. who have mm-hmm. joined. Uh, there's someone who has an exclusive podcast. With Spotify. Who has said that they will not be recording yeah. any more podcasts for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And then content on. Yeah. It there was a day last week where it seemed every 15 minutes you were sending me the screenshots of the stock prices. Of the, stock prices. the stock value. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting because it's like and I haven't looked since that day, since last week on Friday or whatever that was, I was sending you them hourly yeah. updates on how the stock is <laughs> plummeting or whatever day it was Thursday, whatever day. Um, but it's interesting because I mean, they've shed 50 uh, again, this is going back to last week. I don't know what it's done so far over the weekend into today, but I mean, they shed 50 something, 56%, I think it was, or maybe 58% of their, of their high in less than a year or maybe just under a year. Yeah. Uh, and, and as of last week, it was back the share price was back to when they signed the deal with Joe Rogan. Hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that, uh, uncle Neil curmudgeon old man who I just have, have adored since I discovered him. I don't know when. Um, would have the, and listen, I know that he's not the most prior to this past couple of weeks, you know, he'll, he'll release an album or two every year, no matter what's going on, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's from the vault or whether it's new material, like his latest release with a crazy horse called the barn or called barn, I believe. Um, But I'm under, you're the biggest fan. I'm under no illusions that he's not uh, the most popular, um, not just musician, but rock star of today. So who would have thought the impact that he made initially on a post that he put up on his own website that he's then removed? It was, it was just amazing. Yeah, now now people will people will argue that the stock prices might not have as much to do with that because a lot of stocks have been getting hammered. Sure. Um, from what I understand, a lot of the streaming stocks have been getting hammered lately. So um but yeah, I mean, you know, and then there was a a bullshit post, I guess. Well, I should assume it's bullshit. Um, you know, exclusive breaking that like the Foo Fighters and everybody else are pulling there, and then everything Twitter is like Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam. You know, it's like okay, and everybody's like, "Where's the source? 
well, this is the source. Well, some blog post. And again, maybe the person's got information. We don't know. Nobody else knows. But it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but I did think it was interesting that yesterday I texted you and at five o'clock on Apple Music, Strombo, who we all love and admire, yeah, started his show, I think, with Keep On Rocking in the Free World. Keep like, On Rocking in the Free and, World. And Apple, what I find amazing is the other platforms are like, like they're they're like we're the home of Neil Young. Come on over here. I mean, amazing. Sirius XM, Sirius XM, I believe, yes. turned back on the Neil Young station or whatever, something like that. I can't remember what it, they you know, it was. Up, like. they, yeah, they've got Neil Young Radio back. Neil Young Radio. Um, I went on. Uh, Neil Young tweeted out. Um, you know, probably put it up on on Instagram as well. That uh, uh, four months free Amazon. Uh, music. Uh, and he also, you know, posted about Apple as well. And you go on Apple and it was like, Neil lives here. Oh, and yeah. right beside was Joni lives here. Like they had both of them oh, yeah. featured for that day. So, so he's, he's, he's probably, I'm 99% sure he is making way more money right now off streaming rights than he ever did before he made that post. It was, it was so, it was just so interesting. I felt like I, this is happening. Like all us Neil Young fans are finally being recognized that, oh yeah, this is an artist to be reckoned with for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to add, like Greg is not going to bother me now for yeah. being a huge Neil Young fan. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that I gave kids notice last week. Yes. and. Uh, my stepson got worried at first thinking all of his, his curated playlists on Spotify would be gone. Um, but I gave them notice that we are moving over to Apple music and we have now. This is like a family decision. Everyone is steps in line with. Greg. No, it's a Greg decision that impacts the entire family. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by radical road brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find him at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Hi, my name is Jennifer Buchanan. I am a certified music therapist and have been so for the last 30 years. I'm also the author of Wellness Well Played, and I'm absolutely delighted to be on Welcome to the Music. Welcome, welcome, welcome! Perfect. It was so we're so excited to have you with us, Jennifer. It's it's a fascinating topic. Mm. Um, I, I don't even know. We're going to go in a whole bunch of different directions, I'm sure. But thank you, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thirty years in music therapy. Mm -hmm. When I started reading the book, I'm thinking, "Whoa, this is a thing!" I I I didn't know this was a thing, and I got really excited. I go, "Oh, this." This is a thing. This is interesting. How, how did you get into music therapy? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was layered. There were a lot of little things that happened in sequence that led me into this career. And uh, the first one was when I was a tween, my uh, grandfather suffered a second major stroke, was placed in long-term care. He was only 62 years old. I can remember thinking that was really old back then, but now I'm going, oh, that's not so old. <laughs> and uh, he was there. He was no longer able to walk or talk. Um, and granny set up visits to see granddad. And I, we would go there, I would feel uncomfortable, I would rather be home watching television, I didn't understand the environment. Um, there was the screaming lady down the hall and the wandering guy and granddad laying in bed and he couldn't communicate and I just I didn't know how to navigate through that. And it would be Granny who said, Jen, I know you're learning the guitar. I know you're singing. Uh, would you learn your granddad's favorite song? Oh. And Right? Granny. And I went in and I sang granddad's favorite song as soon as I learned it. 
and wasn't expecting all the results, which were me sitting in front of him feeling completely terrified, him looking completely terrified, um, but me starting to sing and him starting to cry, but also the screaming lady came into the room singing instead of screaming. And the wandering guy came and wandered in and sat down. And all the things you can imagine happening in long-term care that music can bring up, that was happening. But I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what was happening. I thought it was just kind of weird. I mean, I was a tween. (laughs) It was sort of Mm -hmm. like, what's going on? Um, But over the years, I would hear this word, music therapy. Nobody was hearing about it. Everyone's like you. They don't hear what this is. But I heard it from different places. And uh, it would be Granny who would write my reference letter into university. (laughs) It's shocking they even took me. But she would write my reference letter about all the times I'd been over at long-term care. And um, this is all I've done. This has been my life. And so when I say 30 years, started a private practice at 21, no regrets, have never looked back. May I ask what that song was? White Cliffs of Dover, Mm. which... um, During World War II, there was a woman by the name of Vera Lynn who used to entertain the troops um, during that time. And she sang a variety of different songs, but White Cliffs of Dover was one of them. And there is an actual White Cliffs in uh, the UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was that a hard song for you to, to learn if that was, was that one of your first songs? Right. You know, it would have been... It wasn't, no, my first song to learn on the guitar was House of the Rising Sun. So that, that I know. But White Cliffs of Dover, you know, it's not, it's not too bad, actually. It's, it's a lot, it's got what you would call like a nice little lilt to it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, it, 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 um, I'm, I'm just, I'm taken aback by your story. I was just like, because, um, my grandfather at I think mm. 53 had a stroke after a surgery. So it was complications from the surgery. And he then lived with us when I was in my teens, sort of mid to late teens. Right. And I find it interesting. I'm just, it's only like hitting me now. And I know he always appreciated it, but like I was in a band as a kid, growing up kind of thing in various bands and we would practice in the basement. And my grandfather loved, even though it was probably not the music he would listen to normally, he loved to listen. He would sit in the living room and listen to us. So I just got goose by you. Just, you just Aww. brought me back just a flood of, wow. Sorry. No, it's good. Just, yeah. Wow. Anyway. I, I, so, no, so I, I love just, it. I, Music has this incredible capacity. I th- I think the reason I became one of the reasons I became a music therapist was it has this capacity that when we are not in our strongest place, um, something's happened or we're feeling something that isn't great for us. Music has the way to find the still the strongest place in us that makes us feel complete, the most human, whole, all those feelings. And I I appreciate that uh, you remember that story so well. 53 is very young. Yeah, he he was actually like master electrician at McLean Hunter back in the day. And I remember, I remember he would... He would, he, he didn't have a speech or very little speech. He didn't have one side, right. and, but he would read um, Isaac Asimov and the dictionary upside down wow. to just exercise his brain. So, wow. Yeah. I just, yeah. Oh, my. Great. Amazing. That's wild. Mm-hmm. How, how have you seen over the past couple of years, Jennifer, the role that music has played in not not just yes in in your practice but just in general like we're like there's many people who uh have 
been working from home have been, mm. you know, they, they used to work with other people. Um, and there are still those like my sister-in-law who uh, has continued to work at, 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 uh, at the bank uh, mm. throughout everything uh, these days with, with a mask. But how have you seen music, the role that music has played in mm. people's lives, especially as we uh, have isolated more often than, than not? Yeah. Well, and even before that, like, I, I've i been thinking, I've been reflecting a lot on those early days, the 20 and 30 years ago. We weren't really talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, even that concept of that being an integral part of who we are, um, that's new. And then, so what's happened is... Two years ago, within two weeks, we were all talking about our mental health. <laughs> like we were, and yeah. and we were talking about it in a way that felt relevant and comfortable and on mass. And now we're allowed to talk about it from the corporate setting to education, you know, and um, and yet it's always been here. Mm-hmm. It's just now it's so yeah, so real. Um, we're living it. And isn't it interesting how we attached quite easily to this art form we call music? Um, Don't we always go back to art at some place when we start feeling out of touch, that we're lacking some groundedness? We move towards art and nature. That Mm -hmm. seems to be where we go. Um, I can remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, I remember when Italy was in such bad shape, like we were all watching that from North America going, oh my gosh, they're putting coffins in trucks. Like, like it was just shocking. And then in the next image, you would see people singing from the balconies, music that was familiar, that like, it's not some, it wasn't familiar to me. It was familiar to them and their community. And you could just see how it was bringing a sense of probably similar to what happened with our grandfathers, you know, that sense of This is still a part of me. I haven't lost all of myself. There is a strong part inside of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was that was that was actually at the start of the book um, was watching some of that early footage on how people were drawn to music during a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. What what was the impetus of 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 writing this book? Why why was the reason that you? thought you wanted to to put this in words so I wrote um, another book called tune in back in 2012 and re-released it in 2015 and playlists were a small part of that book but it was the question I was getting the most tell me more about creating those purposeful playlists and I think it's because it's so accessible Um, I was also finding in the clinical setting, I would be working with someone um, who has acquired a brain injury um, or a stroke. I was working with families. I was working with kids. I was working in corrections. And just like a physiotherapist who gives us um, stretches in between our actual therapy sessions so we can keep growing and having some progress, I was finding that playlists had a real strong appeal. It was something I could really clearly articulate for homework. And there were so many different ways to do it so you could adapt it. So after hearing people singing in Italy and after watching choirs sing and after I was finding myself going back and listening to music from the late 70s all the time (laughs) and doing all these things, I I just, it felt like the most natural thing in the world to do and to write. It came very quickly. Um, And I found myself doing the exercises as I was writing them for myself 
And I had not done that for a very long time. And some of them I'd never done it for myself. I've always just instructed other people to do. And I went, whew, okay, that's impacting me. I feel like I'm falling in love with music again in a new way at the time I need it most. Interesting. Fascinating. It's it's uh it's it's funny you say that because before you we got on together here, um, while we were recording our pre-show. Kareem said to me, like, it wasn't what I expected as a book. I expected to open it up and she, you know, then Jennifer was going to give me the playlists I need to listen to or I need to put together. And he's like, there's a bunch of exercises. (laughs) I make you work. I make you work. Yeah, Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me, you know, don't listen to Van Halen before you go to bed. Listen to this stuff. You know, for work, listen to some, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. But uh, no, there there are no there are actual um yeah exercises and things to think of. And and as I was reading it, I go, I don't like for me, it's more and maybe this this goes down to it, it's more or it has to be a feeling. Like I've mm-hmm. I have to be in the mood. Mm-hmm. Like Greg and probably everybody who listens to this podcast knows. I'm a huge Neil Young fan. Um, oh, you had to get it in, eh? You just I, had to get every it in. Episode. You had to work it in. Every yeah, episode. Yeah. But I, paid by the mention. Go ahead. <laughs> but I I rarely listen to him. Hmm. Um, I, I have to be in the right frame of mind. Hmm. And I've caught myself saying, you know, because sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll play certain types of bands or music as I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that I go, why don't I pick Neil Young stuff hmm. to, uh, I, I don't know why, why that is. And I was going to, I was going to say, but if you did know the answer, what do you think it is? I think, I, well, I think I do know, I, I need to, I don't, you know what? I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, it's I don't, okay. I don't know what he, it is. He probably has a different purpose in your life and going to sleep to him isn't it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I th- I think that is that that might there, be it. Yeah, music doesn't have one function. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, but um, yeah, for me, I, I I find I need to sit down. Although this past week, I've been listening to a lot more nice. uh, Neil Young. Um, like yeah. probably many people. <laughs> yeah, are on, on a different platform. Mm-hmm. On a, yeah, well, I've, got, I've got a bunch That's of his great segue from the pre-show. Yeah. A bunch of his records and CDs and right. yeah. And, yeah. and tapes of his that yeah. uh, that I'll play. But yeah, other 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 streaming platforms uh, for sure. Um, I want to get into I want to get into this idea of of mixtapes. Yeah. Um. You know, you talk somewhere in your book about, you know, we're, we're very careful, especially when, so there's two types of mixtapes, I think. There's the mixtape that you make for yourself, hmm. like favorite songs, typically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's mixtapes that you give to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to find two mixtapes that I made for me. Like actual cassettes? Actual, actual cassettes. Oh, yeah, yeah, actual yeah. Actual cassettes. One of, now they both have, <laughs> they both have titles. So I titled each, each oh, side. Yeah. You so, themed it. Yeah. Okay. So, so this one di- just didn't happen to have the songs written down. Okay. But side A is called Musical Tunes, and then it's dot, dot, dot. Oh. Side B is dot, dot, dot for quiet times. Oh. So I'm going to see. That might be a good go to sleep. Right? Playlist. Um, what what yeah. year would that have been about? Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. So exciting. This is me. probably late 80s, early ni- early to mid 90s. Okay. I think. And do you... Do you have a cassette player that you can I do. Put, plug? Oh, fantastic. I oh, do. my gosh. That just sounds dreamy. And then I have another one. Yeah. Uh, and side one, side A is called She Said. Mm-hmm. Side B is called He Said. <laughs> and then I, look, I go, this must have taken me like two weekends. 
right. to, to make this one, right? Because you're doing it over the radio. You're waiting for, oh, you yeah. know, she and said, okay, perfect, you know. And you have to get your pencil out you have to, to make sure exactly. you don't. And there has to be this right mix. No, none of the voices on there. So you have to rewind it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very interesting. I was going through all these songs and I go, I know most of them, but there's a couple of songs that I don't know these songs anymore. Wow. You know, and I, and I have to go through like, I don't, what is this one? Hurting each other. Hmm. Johnette Napoliano. Wow. With the Mike Mort. Like, I don't know that song. Wow. I have to go play that. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, but obviously that's a whole therapy session in itself. I'll it's, leave. You guys this can- is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We need to delve deep. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to have to play that and send me a little note about what comes up for you as you listen to them and go, Oh yeah. And then, yeah, because one of the things that happens is when we go back and we hear some of this music, especially in a context of how we originally heard it. So like the original artist, or in this case, what's actually going to be on your cassette tape, um, you're going to see things in technicolor. You're going to remember mm-hmm. where you were and what the wallpaper was, <laughs> and you know, you're going to, you can get that. You can even get some, some ideas of the smells that were around you and little, there will be things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, that's crazy. Then I, uh, I should ask my wife to see if she has the mixtape that I made for, I don't remember any of the songs oh. except the, except the last one, oh. which was a Neil Young song, obviously, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Yeah, I'll have to find out. And do you remember presenting it to her? Like, did it have hearts all over it? Oh, no. Like, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it had all the songs written out and it had the last song. Oh. She wasn't impressed with the last song. It was more of a, oh. just because of the thing, like it's called A Man Needs a Maid. Right? So it was more of a, it was more of a, <laughs> but, but it had, oh. it, you know, <laughs> It was Neil Young, so you had to. Just I had can't to believe she got stayed with you and married you and <laughs> like this. I'm learning so much. I'm like, honest to God, I'm just going to sit back and listen to you. Just throw it all out. Greg, you must remember some mixtapes you've made. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's funny you say that because uh, you know, and I had till now, I forgot about it, but twenty some twenty years ago or whatever it was when Kelly and I got together and we, you know, Brady Bunch brought our families together. Um, she talks to this day about I bought her one of the early iPods and mm-hmm. I dropped a whole bunch of music that I probably ripped off from Napster. Yeah. And I, I put some songs on there for her because when we got together, she was a Chum FM listener and I was a 102.1 listener. Hey. So I, it was like, you know, Foo Fighters and, and Linkin Park and, you know, and I recorded a message at the beginning and I gave it that to her for Christmas that year. So it's oh. been two, two, yeah, Christmas 2002. And so she remembers that to this day. Um, but I also remember, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a few years older than him. I do remember, you know, a, a, a neighbor friend, you know, doing the whole recording thing, Q107. It would have been like, you know, Prism and Queen and like a whole bunch. And I, I would take those tapes up to the Manitoulin. And so when I hear songs like like old Prism and old Queen and stuff like that, it just takes me back to being on the Manitoulin and sitting on the deck. Oh. And I mean, that's all we had to do, right? Well, we right. go fishing and swimming and everything else, but right. we would sit in the sun and listen to tunes as, as yeah. preteens or, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. And it's so, so great when, it, so this is a great example of sharing music, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of these memories come from what other people have shared with us along the way. Mm-hmm. And, but that may be a lost art this second and something we want to bring back in our lives moving forward is how can we create an environment where we can more regularly share music either around a theme or around a context, either something in the past or exploring new music and coming together and having these dialogues with it could be colleagues and people our age, but it could also be intergenerational as we have kids or we're with the elders, you know, all of us together. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, about- it's, it's it, we're good. 
You go. No, Greg, please. <laughs> no, I was I was going to say um, two things. One you brought up there was I remember uh, I, I can't remember what it was, but in the book you talked about um, Barney and the kids. I think. <laughs> totally. And and with my stopwatch. I think it was. I think yeah. it was the twentieth anniversary of of. Um, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine, and I shared it. And I said, when most kids were driving home after leaving daycare to Barney, my kids were listening to Pretty Hate Machine. But that's, that's not right. just you that's mentioned. Right. You mentioned you're just trying to brag and say you're better. That's what I <laughs> no, I'm not. No, 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 no. But but my kids have grown up with with alter. I mean, they did listen to Barney and they and they're Barney fine. And they're it's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. But where I really wanted to go was more from the perspective of the format. So when you talk about things have changed, um, you know, I, 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 I'd love to get your opinion because back then we were sharing tapes mm. with each other. You know, Kareem was giving Mina's tapes that ended with songs that yeah. just insulted her. But the rest <laughs> of us were sharing nice music. That's right. right. That's right. Right. But as we move from there into, you know, yeah. other formats, CDs, and then into streaming, it's yeah. almost like the, the playlist has changed significantly. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, and, and the, the mechanism for doing it, which it takes like, but five minutes less than that to put 25 songs into a playlist when you're using a streaming service, right? It's just, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. okay, 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 okay. Compared to the very tactile, uh, kinesthetic experience that we mm-hmm. had when mm-hmm. it was just so physical. Um, are you kind like, I'm glad that I've been able to experience it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really, yeah. that's a neat thing about our age. Like the, just mm-hmm. that level of music technology that we've been able to go from. I, I mean, my earliest is probably the 45s and eight tracks mm-hmm. and moving up, you know, to 33s mm-hmm. and, and all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So now the mechanism for making it, um, one of the barriers that's happened. So when we're talking about some intergenerational time, um, what I'm finding is if you are not engaged with technology, with music technology in particular at this point, um, it's really difficult to access your music. I'm, unless you still have all that vinyl collection and you've got a CD player and all your CDs. But if you don't have this, and we're finding that when we go into um, places like long-term care, for example, uh, you know, they might have one CD player and some CDs, but they're out in the leisure space. And so they're just not able to access it when they need it in their room privately. Mm. Um, You know, having an iPad with music on it takes some learning, you know, those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. They're on Mm -hmm. your tablet. So we are starting to see there's this divide. Um, and, And I'm really encouraging us as a society, if you are someone who are comfortable within this area, um, to pay attention to those around you and your family and your friends and just make sure everyone can access their music. And if not, say, hey, I've got a great, you know, birthday present idea this year. Three hours of dedicated time to get you hooked up. We're going to get you some, you know, earphones and we're going to get you a player and we're going to practice using it and we're going to set it up as easy as possible. And yeah, so that's how we can mm-hmm. share today. Yeah. What yeah. do you? Re- I, I don't want to leave this, but Jennifer, what do you remember uh, receiving a mixtape or making a mixtape? Oh yeah, and mine would have had the Bee Gees on it, and Barry Gibb was a crush. Sean Cassidy, the do run 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 the do <laughs> crush. Um, but I also loved some. Um, I also loved learning what my friends were listening to, um, and they would often introduce me to things. I, I'm remembering um, 
it would would have been later and it would have been on CDs, but I can remember being in grade 11 um, and there was lots of pop music. I, like I loved Whitney Houston. I loved Madonna. I loved all of these really, really strong femme fatales who were coming in and, and singing big music. And I loved all that. But there was something about when I heard the band Yes for the oh. first time. And to the point where I got like all four albums really, really quickly. And that's because someone introduced them and explained to me how all the layers of the harmony with the the, the writing and the, listen to the drums right here. And, you know, so it was that person who just drew my ear into some different listening. The other one was Yaz. Um, Yaz and... Um, uh, oh, they were connected. There was another, I can't think of the name right now, but it'll come to me at three in the morning. Um, like but that, no. well, close. It was all around that electronic music, right? When that first started yeah. coming out at the late eighties of real yeah. electronic music. Oh my gosh. It was just, I loved it so much. And it was the dance music, but we weren't allowed at the clubs, So you could make your own club at home. Right. So I remember those things, and those were all introduced to me. Um, UK music it was so great. Um, I find even now when I'm trying to explore music, I pick um, a different continent, type in that oh. continent, and then I listen to what they're listening to, and I go, oh, they're listening to pop music too, right? Because I'm not paying attention to the level of diversity in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the other things that we, uh, although uh, we did manage to sneak in a few prior to this latest uh, series of lockdowns, hmm. uh, live music we were deprived of uh, for right. for a while. Yep. And I understand um, that I'm talking from a place of privilege. There's there's people whether they live in the in, in Canada that can't afford or live in places that don't have live music, um, and there's people around the world that that might not get that, but live music was something that, you know, went away. Yep. Um, so I wanted to add, you know, the, the power of live music yeah. and, and what it does for people so much more different than, you know, just hearing it on the radio or through speakers. I remember, you know, we've taken our son to, to a number of concerts um, and he goes, he enjoys the music, but then there's all the aspect of the crowd and everything. And he says, we can just listen to this at home and there's no nobody to bother us, no crowd. And I'm telling Cosmo, this is like live music. You can <laughs> it feels different. Yeah. You know, it's you you actually feel something at a live concert. Yeah. You're not just listening to music, but you're feeling yeah. the music. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, there's so many things in just what you said. First of all, um, I mean we could we could talk about just the the expense of it and um that's frustrating and sad at times um, because you want people to be able to experience and it feels, as you're saying, people are being locked out from that experience due to costs. Um, there are opportunities. I, I love the opportunity to hear buskers. Mm-hmm. I love the opportunity to go to small venues in my community um, open mic nights are a great place to really share. And I know we haven't been able to do this, but we're gonna, we're gonna do it again. And going back to your local communities and supporting live music is going to be more rewarding for you than them. Even it's, it'll yeah. be a surprise. Uh, my last concert before I, um, uh, the lockdown was Serena Ryder's Christmas um, tour. And I was so excited to hear her. Um, and she is just as good anywhere. She, Serena Ryder was great. And then we had that little reprieve last fall. Yeah. And I was able to go to the last waltz, which was a tribute to the oh. band. And I didn't realize four out of the five band members of the band were Canadian. I didn't know that at the time. 
And uh, and it was Barney Bentall and his son. And, you know, it was great. Um, Lisa Jacobs, who's a music therapist, was the bass player. Russell Broom put it all together. So, you know, it was all these incredible Canadian artists getting together and performing a tribute to a Canadian band. And I got to see that. And I found myself crying. And it's not because I was necessarily sad at the music, but I forgot. I forgot that live music makes you feel in a different way. And uh, so, yeah, I hear that. Um, I want to support people to get out to live music as often as possible. And there is music that is not expensive, so we can reach out for that. Um, But, uh, you know, yeah. Speaking of local music, there's a organization, international organization called So Far Sounds. Mm. Um, and so they've, I've, I've been to a few local shows. Mm. They've literally played in community centers. Nice. They pay like five, ten dollars and you see like three to four local acts. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, who'll do like three to four songs each. Um, you can go to the side and buy like a pop and a bag of chips for a buck each if you want. Um, and literally it's a crowd of 20 to 30 people, Hmm. uh, sitting in the community center, you know, rec hall or just a small room. Oh, Uh, I love that. Really? Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're not going to go see your favorite band. You might see a friend playing or you just might see just some really good music from all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Yeah. If anyone's listening, well, people are listening. So go check out <laughs> so far if anyone is listening. Totally. You're really. You know, no one listens like, to this. This is just there. <laughs> <on show. laughs> so far sounds. Um, I, ju- I just remembered I made, I have to talk about another mixtape. You guys remember Tower Records? Yeah. Yeah. So back in the late 80s, we took a school trip to Boston. And we stopped off at Tower Records and literally it was like a tower, like three or four levels of this place. And I don't know how long we had there, but all I did, I went in there and there was this machine where you can go and you could actually make a mixtape. So you'd go through songs. I'll pick this song. And they even had sound effects. Oh, that's great. Cool. Let's do that again. Yeah. Let's do that. I remember oh. getting a toilet, a toilet flushing sound, I think was the end right. of the mixtape. Did that just, go on your wife's tape? That, that did not. Because <laughs> that would have just sealed the deal. Uh, well, the beginning of this one had babies crying. So oh, nice. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she did listen to that. I go, oh, he wants kids. And, and then. Oh, God. <laughs> I have no, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, ta- you talked about Yes, Jennifer. I'm yes. surprised Greg didn't go further because that's one of Greg's favorite bands. Right? Uh, is Yes. Um, you, you got, did you buy the vinyl for that? You know what? I think it would have been CDs at the time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Did you it's, talk? Go ahead. Yeah. You talk in your book about, you know, rediscovering vinyl and yeah. buying a record player and Changed stuff. my life. Yeah. Do you remember the first vinyl you bought at that phase of time? Uh, yeah, it was like four years ago. So it wasn't oh, that long ago. And I actually, um, I actually, I, I really wanted to be very specific about the first album. And I got uh, Beatles Abbey Road as the very first one, just because it seemed right that that should be. I also got a Sean Cassidy. Um, but I kind of got, I, I, I grew the collection pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, they're very expensive now. So all of the, yeah. all of my savings are now going into vinyl again. Um, I, I the latest Adele album Thirty. I yeah. refused to stream it, so I had to wait till it came in the mail because the whole plan was to listen to it the way that it was written. Yeah. And um, so she spoke to make sure that on the streaming service that look at me that thou shall not name um, <laughs> <laughs> the 
streaming service that it had to go in the order, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, oh, the best way to listen to it in order is actually having to get up four times because there's four sides, right, to two different albums. Yeah, it's a full on. So, uh, and I opened it up and the entire uh, vinyl is white. It is a white album. It's very beautiful. And then you can crack it open like the old days and you see pictures of her and images of her actually wow. making the music and some handwritten as, you know, writing the songs. So it's kind of fun to buy a brand new album still on vinyl. It's not the same. I, they're still produced so differently. But yeah. There's something about even the art of, of albums, you know, whether it's the cover. I think I've got like a Led Zeppelin Oh yeah, the yeah, Led yeah. Zeppelin album back here. Oh, we we, we talked with was it? I think it was last week. We were we recorded an episode with uh, Sandy and Gord from the Spoons, and they were yeah. talking about releasing the new albums. And they were talking. <gasps> oh, he froze on us. That's Bell. Oh, you're back. You're back. Oh, you're not back. You're almost back. <laughs> you're back, Rick. Can you hear us? He's upset. He's going to do editing. <laughs> He's frozen again. You're, you're on and off, Greg. You're on and off. Okay, let's let's go back. Okay, the show spoons. the album. The spoon. This is not the spoon. Physical graffiti. Um, but I mean, look at that art that is on there. Like you don't see this. It's amazing anymore, right? Right. Like it's it's just it's no, just it's, phenomenal. It's incredible. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. Um, We'll wait. We'll wait for Greg. He's 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 half back, half not. But I, I can see. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea how much post editing I'm going to have to do now. <laughs> um, Jennifer, what was that? Oh, you talked about no. Did you talk about the first? You did. Okay, I'm trying to Tell see me. how far back we go. But um, Greg, I, I think you're back. Am I, I think back? you're back. Okay, I'm back. So all I was trying to talk about before, and I, this is going to be a hell of a mess because I, I switched networks in my house, and I probably now I'm, I'm probably now way out of sync in the audio. But anyway, all that aside, um, no, all I was saying was that we had Gordon Sandy on from the Spoons, and they were talking about you know with the new albums and making sure it was a tactile experience. Um, one thing I did want to touch on that you talked about there and you talked about in the book is the importance of paying the artist. Like we always yes. say to people, go out and buy the music first mm-hmm. and then stream it because you're buying and hopefully you're going to buy it from them directly or, mm-hmm. you know, a platform that pays the artist the most mm-hmm. and then streaming it afterwards mm-hmm. then gets them. What do, what do you call cool kids call it? Cream, the, the spins. The spins, spins, <laughs> and and even more buy the whole album. My understanding yeah. is by buying the whole album is when the artist really benefits the most from that. So, yeah, I yeah, I, you know, it's for even though I sat here and I said how expensive you know a, sure. an album is, like a vinyl even is, you know, you're spending thirty five dollars to forty dollars. But if you think about how much it costs to go to a movie one time, mm-hmm. you know, or um, even buying some books, you know, those sorts of things, you're going to listen to that album over and over and over again. So uh, the value is very worth it and we need to keep supporting our artists and that's another reason to go to the open mic nights and to Mm -hmm. throw a little cash in the in the coffer like they used to say in the good old days yeah Yeah. (laughs) you have a you have a section where you talk about um your favorite album or is it your favorite album or your favorite five albums i can't remember what it is oh okay um what's whether it's your favorite album or an album that has a lot of meaning, what is that one for you, Jennifer? I think the album is actually just under his name, if I recall, and it's um, uh, Keb Mo. And on that album is a song called Love Train. Um. And I think I actually originally, this is, this is too classic for me. I will hear a singer or a performer, an artist um, on TV, like as the background music to the show. And I'll go, what's that? And if it 
piques my attention, I will, you know, put that in the browser and find out what that is. And then I'll buy their, their album. And Keb Mo was one of those. Um, and it was such a surprising find. And I just loved his voice. But I mean, I have lots of favorite albums um, that have changed me, like, physically changed me. I I would say yes, changed me, changed my ear. I would say Whitney Houston, like when she came out, I just, and and then when she wasn't here, I missed her. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Greg, what's that Um, one album for you? Oh, (laughs) so many. Um, What was the one album for me? I mean, there's so many that have changed me, whether it's Nevermind or, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Nevermind, we've talked about this on previous shows, Nevermind for me was the album when I realized it was never going to be the same again. Right. um, Music wise. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think back to the eighties, I think like Yaz and stuff. I remember I was telling my wife just the other day and again, talk about memories and things coming back. I remember um, Tears for Fears released songs from the big chair. It was big. And I showed up, we were working out in like Coburg. We were building a barn, a couple of buds and other buds were hosting a dance at the the Y in, in the schwa. And uh, I remember walking into the dance and shout was on. Oh yeah. And, and I just feel it. I can just feel the memory. <laughs> like you talk about like, and, and I just on the big system and everybody's dancing and I'm like, like, wow, they've taken this to a whole other level. So again, to level. your point of memories, it just like, I don't know. Yeah. There's just, there's yeah. so many. Yeah. 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 I'm right away back at the civic center in Langley, British Columbia, right there. I can remember yeah. the cement floors. I can remember my feet killing me the next day. Yeah. One of the greatest <laughs> albums Songs from the big chair. Oh, yeah. so yeah. good. That's and the, yeah, the Yaz one that I was, it was upstairs at Eric's. That's what yes, Yaz, yeah, that's what the album yep. was called. See, that just came back for me. See, there you yeah. go. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were saying another BAM. That's why when you went Yaz, I thought Vince Clark, Depeche Mode. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah, great. upstairs at Eric's. I, 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 Kelly and I had a chance to see uh, Allison Way probably four years ago at the Danforth. Oh, and, yeah, great. And and I I expected to hear a whole bunch of Allison Moye tunes. Um, I don't know why I wasn't expecting much Yaz, but she played a bunch of Yaz, and I got goosebumps. It was just like, oh, it's that's just great. an amazing, amazing experience. It's great. Uh, a couple of more before uh, we go, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I want I remember. Um, Living in an apartment grade, between grade three and grade five, my parents had this huge television radio record player contraption. Right. Um, it had the like all the, in one. <laughs> yeah, the tube television in the middle. Yeah, totally. Speakers on the side. Yeah. You know, you'd put plants on top, but on one side it was the AMFM radio. Right. On the other side was the record player. Right. And I don't know if this will show up, but this. Oh, was one Roger Whitaker. Roger Whitaker. At wow. 100%. Wow. <laughs> You're too young to be pulling that out, buddy. This is, I, I remember. I can't whistle, but yes. Um, I went to his concert probably no. only 12 years ago to see what? him again. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. And they would just play and play and play this. Oh, and yeah. that's the only reason I have this was because <laughs> I can't remember if this is from my dad's old collection or if I just found this at like a flea market or something and saying, I may not ever play this again, but owning this <laughs> just brings back memories. Oh, it's wonderful. You know, of, uh, of, of, of listening. Um, Can't believe but, you dropped Roger Whitaker. It's hey, perfect. Oh, watch yeah. out. It's not just all Neil wow. Young. Okay. Hey, buddy. See, <laughs> um, my first concert Nana Muscuri. I did not put that in the book, but it was Nana Muscuri and I was eight years old and she sang, she had huge thick glasses and she was playing at the somewhere downtown Vancouver and uh, I think at the Orpheum and it was September song and my birthday was September. So I thought she was singing to me. It was very special. (laughs) It's it's funny. It's funny because 
<laughs> when he dropped the Roger Whitaker, I was going to say I grew up on Roger Whitaker and Nana Muscuri, and then you go to Nana Muscuri. <laughs> it's all coming full it's circle. It's all here. full <laughs> circle. We are we're yeah. doing our own life soundtrack right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. So so one of the one of the things in the books talks about personality traits. Mm-hmm. So we got to we got to we got to put this out here right now. <laughs> yes, yes, wait a second. Like yeah. like rock and indie. And let me So according to that, the two of us are introverted as you can tell. Right. Uh we have low self-esteem as you can tell, and we're not very hard working. So you got to you got to you got to explain this one. Got to explain this one. Um so per <laughs> Personality profiling is not an exact science, (laughs) but there is some indicators for the certain styles of music that we're drawn to. Uh, Another exercise I have in there is to describe uh, the music that you're listening to right now. So if you think about the music you're listening to right now that you would like over this next week that you're completely drawn to. And you've got it and you describe it in three words, only three feeling words. And so if you described your music, I'll give you one second to think about what your three would be. And so, you know, those three words, because music is so personal, those three words may also describe you or what you're aspiring to be. So I'll let you ruminate on that. I've been ruminating on that like since I finished reading the book. I go, what are three words? <laughs> right, music. And I, all I could think of was Neil Young rocks. So I said, that doesn't describe. <laughs> okay, you are so funny. Okay, if you were described, see, we're going to get into this why you can't sleep with Neil Young. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> and we're going to talk about. If you were to describe Neil Young in three words, feeling words, what the first three words that come to your mind, I feel. So there's curmudgeon. Curmudgeon is there. Oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, I think (laughs) honest is there, like a a combination of honest and truth. Is there a word that describes honesty and truth? The greatest curmudgeons are also the most honest. I love that. Okay, next. Yeah. And, um. I don't know if it's a word, but, you know, he doesn't, he just does what he wants. Autonomous. Yeah, I think so. Free spirit. Yes. Free spirit. Yes. Free spirit. So I'm going to suggest that those words you just said about Neil Young describe you. I'm not a curmudgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, buddy, I'd ask your son that question. (laughs) And hopefully it's not what you aspire to be. Okay, so... I didn't say every activity was going to be perfect. Yeah. That is awesome. That is good. Uh, Jennifer, it's been a blast. We really, really appreciate it. I know we're coming up on the end of the time here. So, um, so we so appreciate your time. Uh, If people want to learn more, find out more, read up more, where should they go to check it out? So I'm around all the socials. If you want to find me there um, under my name, Jennifer Buchanan, if you want the book, uh, you can uh, find it on all the online stores that you normally go see, those that we shall not name today because you can pick your own, um, but also at wellnesswellplayed.com. Wonderful. Nice. Greg, you, Greg, you didn't ask your, your question that you usually ask all of our guests. Oh. Yeah. Well, what? because Jennifer sort of answered it. Well, what are you listening to these days? Like what's in your – so like – Exact phrasing of Greg's question is, (laughs) what's in your earbuds? What are you listening to lately? I curated a playlist in December called Drive Your Dream. It was one of my exercises that I did for myself with the feeling I wanted to have through 2022. And it started with the word drive. And I use that as a metaphor to um, because sometimes I need to pull over. Sometimes I might need to get some fuel and I don't want to worry about that because a car needs it. 
Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to continue having drive through 2022 because it feels like it's a time where we could all get so exhausted. We are paralyzed and can't move. So I want to have a little bit of drive left. So I selected all my songs based on that feeling. And uh, I can share the link with you later. And people are welcome to go through the videos I take them through so you can find your own aspirations for 2022. And uh, you can also see my playlist that I have put together and, and you can download all the music and pay for all the music you download yourselves and we can share it together. Wonderful. Jennifer, thank you so much. Before, before you, before yeah. you stop, I, I, I've been thinking about my three words. Okay. Energetic. Yeah. Positive. Hmm. Aggressive. Wow. Okay. I had to throw it out there. I had to throw it out there because the curmudgeon, right. the old curmudgeon over there. You know. Yeah. That's, so that's, not, that's not even Greg. I don't know. So I'm, I'm going to let you two do the therapy after this <laughs> conversation of growing team. Yep. You're doing great. <laughs> the book is Wellness Web, Well Played, The Power of a Playlist. Our guest has been Jennifer Buchanan. Jennifer, thank you so much yes, for coming you. on and for sharing your thoughts. Uh, this has been a really great episode. We really appreciate it. Take care. 